Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. There is no denial that we are special. Who believes that? Took you a little bit, right? It's a challenging thought to think that we are special and yet we're also the same. So I want to start today <clears throat> with a quick reminder that we all deserve sometimes to take a moment in humility. And I want all of us, including me, to move into this message that may conclude today or most likely not today and maybe in next Sunday with this thought in mind. <clears throat> I belong to a therapist network since I'm a professional counselor and I found this meme and I thought it's so awesome because if you think about that you might be the subject of someone else's counseling session that puts us in our place, doesn't it? It's a, it's a matter of humility. Understanding that while me may think that we are the best and the greatest in the world sometimes, someone else may actually quite struggle with us. And I think when we move into a place of humility and understand that in that lies true strength. We gain openness in our lives to receive. And that is what spiritual work is about. To learn to be open at the times when it's most difficult to receive the gifts that are already there. So here are some thoughts that might be challenging to you, may agree with it, may not agree with it, but just some thoughts to get us going on this idea of how we can actually practice our spirituality. There is no denial that the world seems to get more divisive. I see some nods, right? There's no denial that many feel disconnected, isolated, and alone. Studies have shown that COVID, and even in the post-COVID, post-pandemic era, many report they felt more alone than they ever have. There is no denial that it is often hard to find God in all of what is happening, and there is no denial that many of us learn to believe that we cannot do anything about it. Does that resonate with anyone, right? If we're tr truthful, sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes that's what's going on, right? When things like the attacks t 
to Israel happen, the Ukrainian war that's been going on for so long already, but even things that happen closer to us in you know, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Lots of um, crimes happening and other stuff are even closer to us. We may end up thinking about these things. And I highlighted a few words there. Um, divisive, disconnected, finding God, believe and cannot do. That's a very common way of how we understand life to be. And there is also no denial, and again, you may agree or disagree with me, that most, if not all of us, desire unity. That many, if not all of us, want to feel connected and part of a community. That it would be nice if we could find God in all of what is happening, right? Wouldn't that be nice? We could find it in every moment. And that likely all of us would like to believe that we can do something about it. Okay. So when we contrast those, again, the highlighted words, unity, connected, finding God, can do, and we contrast those, then we probably want unity rather than divisiveness, connectedness rather than disconnectedness. Finding God at all times is probably for many very important to learn to do that. And then have an attitude of can do, which should be actually green, rather than cannot do. So let's focus on divisiveness. What is divisiveness? A tendency to cause disagreement or hostility between people. And I want to focus on cause for a moment. Why is this even happening? Why are we even moving into this place of divisiveness. And there's actually a lot of research that's going on around that and how we can resolve it and why it's happening. And it starts with that that is furthest away from us, which are all those wars and those conflicts that are happening around the world that we, sitting here and going about our daily lives, most likely will say, well, there's really not much I can do about it. Right? Maybe I give some money here, but I'm most likely not going to jump on a plane and fly over there and act actively do something about it. I mean, some may, and you know, that always happens, but most of us probably remain where we are and we kind of have to watch it from afar. Washington politics, you know, was in the news all week this week. Well, again, we can jump in a plane and fly to Washington and, you know, protest and, um, you know, talk to the representatives and do, you know, of course we can do that. But again, it's something that's usually just outside of us, far away. And what we end up doing most likely, instead of going there, is have our own thoughts and feelings about it. And again, we can use many examples that will fit in here. Even closer to home. You know, I, I don't necessarily watch the local news that much, uh, but sometimes when I do, it's usually a murder or some road rage or 
something happening that's awful, right? I mean, we're a big metroplex area, of course. There's millions of people living here. Things are happening. But again, it's closer to home. But most likely, again, if we are not directly involved, it's kind of outside of us. And it's easy for us to deny that something had, that has to do something with us. So when we look at people, we often address the people as they. When we look at relationships, close relationships, whether it's family members or friends, one-on-one -on -one relationships, we often look at it as you, you and I. And then there is the one that's by ourselves. When we are the only one that we have to communicate with. Okay, I don't know if you're trying to help me or trying to, let's see. It's always a fight sometimes with this little clicker. So when we look at this, I want you to see that on the day, on the far left, we have the world map. We have Washington politics, we have the metroplex area, and then we have the people around us. That is, to a certain degree, far away and comes closer and closer and closer. The next one is the direct relationship we have. This is when we have a, a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. It gets much more personal then, and it's quite different because we no longer can just deflect that easily, can't we? Because all of a sudden we're dealing with one person, with a human being who may have different ideas, different ideologies, different beliefs, and we can no longer escape. But as long as we keep it on the day, it's much easier to escape. Even in a community like ours, it's actually not that hard to find your clique that is different from another group within the same community. And then there is again the I. And again, this is from last week. It's all about perspective. If we look at the whole world, we put, you know, the 14 millimeter lens on and we see the entire world. Now that can be a good thing because then we look at the whole picture, but we can also use it in a different way that we lose focus on what's actually going on. And then if we zoom in, we might get closer and closer to actually what's happening. You know, we get closer from the world to Washington, to Dallas, Fort Worth, to our families and friends, and then to us. So it's all, again, a perspective, and we have the ability to shift in and out of that all the time. So cause number one of divisiveness is the further away the matter with which we concern ourselves, the more we may deny our own undoing. Or in other words, being completely unaware what is going on with us while focusing on others. Here's the problem. We often use stuff that's far, far away from us 
as a way to escape because we are not able or willing or it's too scary for actually looking at us ourselves. If you ever had a conversation when you realized that after the conversation that it was all about them but never about you? Ever had that kind of conversation? That the other person was wrong and you were the one that was right? But then after the conversation was done, you kind of calmed down a little bit and then realized, well, there was something going on within us, within yourself too. And then you may even realize that what's going on within you may have actually triggered something and then you just didn't want to deal with it in that moment. It happens so quickly and it's often something that we are so unaware, it's happening automatically. We can't really do anything about it. You know why? Because our body has learned over tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of years to react like that. When we are triggered, our thinking ability kind of shuts down to a great degree. And then our tiny little brain in the middle of our brain, the animal brain, starts to kick in, right? That's when some of us get like lions, like, you know, and really pound some people and kind of say, you know, want to almost like want to maul them, right? And others, they just disappear and hide, okay? But the thinking ability is no longer there to a great degree. We know this in psychology, in neuroscience, in, in psychology, in counseling. We actively work with that, that people who are constantly triggered and have a diminished capacity to think, you know what we do with them? We teach them how to relax. That's all we do. We teach them relaxation techniques, deep breathing, meditation, prayer, anything that helps to relax the body because a relaxed body, guess what? Cannot be in fear. It's impossible for anyone to be in fear if they're relaxed. It's impossible for anyone to be triggered if they're relaxed. A truly relaxed body means you have full cognitive ability. You can capture and think about and feel about the things in the fullest sense. The Christ power is fully realized in a completely relaxed body. And in that relaxed body, it's impossible to ever feel fear. Isn't that amazing? This has been proven in thousands, tens of thousands of research articles, especially with veterans, PTSD, veterans, how to relax, how to relax their body when they get into some of their memories coming back from the war, and lots of other studies that have been done. So usually when we have a high stress, right, what do we do? We go to the doctor, and then the doctor says, your stress level is high, follow me to the lab. And who gets that experience? <laughs> Not many, right? We just had our pet blessing because of St. Francis Day, and it's just wonderful to see how pets in our lives can be such a relaxation exercise, 
having pets in our lives can be extremely helpful. There's also something that I mentioned before, the three to one process, Ken Wilbur, it's shadow work, face talk B, and what this is is really going back to I don't know why it's not wanting to show. Okay, tech team, can you just try to position it to one after that? There you go. So remember when I said they far away from us, then you a lot closer to us, and then I completely us? That has a lot to do with Ken Wilber's work, who understood that when we are triggered the most, we are in this fear process, we're often triggered because of our history and our past. And we need to learn to go from three, come from three, and go to two, and go to one. We actually literally need to force us, when we think about how awful all these wars are out in the world, to then bring it closer and have a conversation about that to learn to bring it only to us. Why do you think that is? Any ideas? We can only change ourselves, right? So, every, anyone heard of Stephen Covey before? Circle of concern, right? Outer circle is the circle of concern, wide range of concerns. That's all the stuff that we see on the news that we cannot do anything about it, right? All the stuff that we just talked about that is day that's way out there. And then there's a circle of influence that's a little bit closer, right? Usually family, friends that we kind of have some influence because they might ask for advice. And then there's circle of control, what we can actually control. Usually very little, it seems, right? And in Unity, we actually believe we can control a lot more. We just need to learn how. But often that's one of the things that are standing in the way because what we're doing, we have concern about a lot of stuff and often our focus is only on that. And then we may have some idea about what we actually can influence, and very little attention goes to where we actually have control over it. Ever thought about that? How much of our attention is on something that we cannot do anything about? And how little attention is on that which we can control? Which brings us to Number two cause, the, device, the divisiveness we see in the world may be a reflection of the disconnectedness we feel. Have you ever thought about that, that whenever you see something wrong outside of yourself, it may be a reflection from within? The very reason why you think there's something wrong, it's because something is going on within you. None of you have ever thought about that? A couple of you? Okay. It's a very basic principle that teach in Eastern philosophies quite often. The idea that the outside world mirrors the inside world. That the way we perceive other people is the way we perceive ourselves. 
and think about ourselves. Or in other words, the more we feel disconnected, the more likely we perceive and promote divisiveness. Which brings us then to the first two, the divisiveness and the disconnectedness. There is a relationship between the two. Now you might ask yourself, how do we resolve all this? And there's a lot more that I will talk about next week. But just to give you a little bit of an idea, is just to understand that the further away we all put something that we don't like outside of ourselves, gives us a good idea how much it actually affects us. If we get really, really upset about something that is thousands and thousands of miles away, it's most likely because there is something that we have within ourselves that's really hurting us. If we are willing to talk about that, that hurts us with someone in the room, or a one-on-one -on -one conversation, guess what? We're much more willing to address it. And finally, if we can simply be in prayer and meditation about what hurts us and what is difficult for us to understand, then we're getting closer and closer to what we actually have control over. Okay. So the divisiveness we see outside of ourselves is most likely because we are not unified and harmonized within ourselves. That doesn't mean that we cannot express our opinions. It does also not mean that we should not say something when we see something. It's not about that. It's about learning to become aware that what we are doing <clears throat> by making everyone else wrong and not acknowledging what's actually happening within us, we're actually missing a great learning opportunity. Yes, what happens <clears throat> in Israel and the Gaza Strip is awful. There's no doubt about that. But what is it within us that reaches out to that? Some of us may get really disturbed about the politics of today's world, especially the two-party thing, right? Which I keep saying, I just don't get <laughs> because I come from a country that has 30 or 40 parties. I can't even remember how many we have because that, you know, that doesn't make any sense, the dualistic kind of thinking. But at the same time, it's a perfect reflection of what is happening within us. The divisiveness outside of us is a reflection of our disconnectedness within ourselves. There are many ways to resolve this. Prayer, meditation, or, or some of them. We use affirmative prayer because we seek unity, because we believe that if we often use traditional prayer, what we often do is we're making it again about the outside 
rather than about ourselves. Asking God to fix something out there rather than realizing that the fix that we can and we are in control of is within us. And again, I don't even like to use the word fix because ultimately we also believe we're not broken in the first place. We're just sometimes heavily off the mark. So I'll leave you with this, which seems like a really difficult downward topic, which I almost hate. I want to leave you with that. But what I want you to challenge you this week, and I, I promise you there is a resolution to this. What I want you to challenge you this week is every time when you think something is wrong in your world, ask yourself two things. One is, how far away do I put this which is wrong in my world? Is it very close to me? Do I have a difficult conversation with a loved one? Or is it far away? Do I talk about someone that's not in the room, some politician, or some people that are doing something really bad thousands of miles away without acknowledging what's happening within us. And every time you see yourself externalizing that and getting upset about anything but what's happening within you, take a deep breath and just ask yourself, what's going on with me? What is going on with me? Because we deserve that attention. We deserve the time that we spend looking at the outside. That time is much better spent, believe me, to look on the inside. And we find that the solution that we're looking for, most likely in here, rather than out there. And because we have potluck today, we'll move into meditation. Larissa was patiently waiting by the stairs. So. And we're going to take a journey today in meditation <clears throat> to just process some of this. And again, I want us to start with relaxing maybe just shrug your shoulders a bit and just move your body around find a place for your hands that is comfortable put your feet on the ground and feel the connection to the earth. And I'll take a deep breath and breathe, not only all the way down into your tummy, but all the way through your body and breathe into your feet and breathe into this earth and feel the breath, not only of yourself, but that of your neighbor 
the one sitting next to you and behind you feel their breath going into this world knowing that we are not alone. And as you exhale, you allow everything that is no longer needed to just flow away out of your system, out of your body, out of this earth, into the world, the universe, the field of infinite possibilities. Allow that which is no longer needed to return to its source. To become possibility once again so that we can grab it and turn it into something else. Something more aligned with us, something that we care more for, something that we need and desire. So again, take a deep breath all the way down through your body, into your feet, into this earth, and feel everyone's breath coming together. Together we breathe, not as one, but as a community, as unity. We breathe in the possibilities and breathe out what is no longer needed. We breathe out what is feared and worried about. We breathe out our judgments not judging them, but letting them go freely. And as we continue to breathe, we allow ourselves to become aware of all the things that are happening within us, our thoughts, our feelings, our impressions, our perceptions. Whether they're positive, negative, it does not matter as much as us being aware of where we're truly at. Us being aware why we are even here today. Why do we care to be part of this community? Why do we come each Sunday? Why do we log in? and turn on the TV and watch the live stream. Why? Why do we care? So as we feel this connection with each other, as we breathe into our feet, into this earth, and we're connecting not only with the people that are here in person, but with everyone who's watching online. Through time and space, even those who will watch the recording later, days, weeks, months, years in the future, we're all connecting to this moment. And it is this moment in which God exists. It is this moment in which all possibilities exist. It is this moment 
we are perfect just as we are. And now all those thoughts come in and say, no, you're not perfect. No, of course not. And no, you know, you should do this and should do that. You should quit your job and go over there and you should sell your house and do this and buy a new car and all that stuff is coming back in and we welcome it. We don't fight it. We don't deny it. We become one with it. And again, we breathe all the way into our body, all the way down to our feet, into this earth, feeling everyone's breath at the same time. And as we breathe out, we allow those things that no longer resonate with us to move outward and away from us into the field of infinite possibility and potential. And again, we affirm that we are perfection itself, a perfect expression of God in this very moment. Right now, we don't have to pay bills. Right now, we don't have to cook breakfast. Right now, we don't have to take care of anyone but just be. Jesus Christ once said, I and the Father are one. Quietly, I want you to say this in the same or similar way, however it works for you. I and the Father are one. I and the Mother are one. I and God are one are one. I and the universe are one. I and everything are one. I and the infinite possibilities are one. I and you are one. And allow that to resonate more and more with yourself Allow that resonance to end in perfect thanksgiving in the name and nature of the one that you follow with all your heart, body, mind, and soul. So it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.